Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Flame On. I am Brian. I am not the usual voice that greets you for these little episodes, but uh, a couple of us uh, Whovians who are actually caught up uh, decided to do a little microsode about Doctor Who Flux, which was the, uh, I don't remember, third, second season, third season of the of the current Doctor. No, second, third, third. No, it's the third. It's Thank the third. You. Thank <laughs> you. And this is BJ, by the way. Of course, you all know these. You are, unless you're brand new to Flame On, in which case, welcome. Uh, we do pop culture roundups uh, every other week. Uh, or Actually, uh, we do episodes every other week. We do pop culture roundups once a month, uh, usually voiced by our, uh, our, our, our talking, deep-voiced radio announcer, Bear Pat. Um, but yeah, BJ and I are, uh, are going to lead this one because we're the only two that are caught up. Somehow. I don't know. The, the, the series ended like Doctor Who, the latest run ended like back in uh, December, right? Or November? It was a um, while ago. It was it was before it, it was before December um, because so it was it, this was weird because this was only six, six. episodes. Yep. Yeah, it was six episodes. Uh, one big kind of uh, storyline. And I believe it started actually it started on Halloween. Yes, that's right. Because they yes. did have, well, I forgot what the title is like the Halloween apocalypse or something. Yes. It was, uh, it's called the, the Halloween apocalypse. So, so let's back up just a, just a second. So we're going to take it as read that you've at least heard of Dr. Who, if you're a listener, <laughs> uh, otherwise, why would you click through unless you just love hearing us talk, which is fine, by the way, Dr. Who is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, if you, if you're not, you know, it, it's like a staple of my youth growing up in America, but also watching a lot of PBS public television, which is where you could see old Dr. Who and BJ, I think you got into it more in the modern era, right? I, so, so I, I apparently, I didn't, re- so I did start watching it with Christopher Eccleston. I think it's 2005 is when yep. it's kind of its reemergence. Mm-hmm. But I literally watched the first episode of that and realized I had been watching it on and off for like the entire, because my grandfather is in the military. 
and he got a box of VHSs of Doctor Who from a friend of his overseas. And so he would only watch the any episodes that were kind of Western themed because he's a big Western guy. And I would just sit there and watch everything else. And then a long time ago, the Doctor Who pinball machine was like in one of my favorite arcades and I played it. I had no idea what the hell was going on. Like it had Daleks and like Cybermen. And I'm like, what, what are these things? But yeah, no, it's been a part of my kind of my periphery for like, God, since I was like 11. So that's, that's similar to mine then. Cause yeah, I was probably around 10, 11 when I first noticed it on a Saturday night, this creepy, weird, low budget comparatively <laughs> to American at the time, you know, sci-fi or anthology show. Really originally it was an anthology series meant to be explore history, explore sci-fi. Like you could just do whatever you want. But um, the, the, you mentioned the pinball game, which is really funny because I'm actually going back up where I first played that pinball game in uh, Newport, Rhode Island oh my at God. a holiday Inn in the little tiny, like two pinball station game room that they had and I'm going to go back up there. I don't think they have the game anymore. I think a friend of mine told me that they took it out finally, which uh. shame, right? It was amazing. Like when I first realized it was there. But Doctor Who is a great anthology series. Of course, if you're not familiar with uh, the current incarnation of the Doctor because you're old school or you just having a time, whatever. Uh, uh, the 13th Doctor is amazing totally subverted some of the whole oh the doctor's this older white dude thing which wasn't absolutely a requirement as far as the 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 canon of the show because the canon of the show in the past uh like 10 years has absolutely said the doctor or anyone of his race can be male female they can change genders they can change ethnicity it, it, it does not matter all the rules are out the door basically yeah um, i love I love the fact that when um, when they introduced Missy, they uh, I think it was Clara. Clara was just like, "Oh, so you're a Time Lord," and she just goes, "Time Lady, I'm traditional." Like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and Missy Missy was a huge step forward in actively showing that the so the time Missy is the the female incarnation of the Master, and it's sort of the nemesis, one of the Doctor's biggest nemesis, arch enemies, whatever. Um, but yeah, having the the doctor, the master be a woman as Missy was epic, changed all the rules under the previous showrunner, uh, Stephen Moffat's reign. Fast forward to the 13th Doctor, uh, Jodie Whittaker was announced to come in and take this role under the new showrunner, uh, Chris Chibnall, uh, who has been running these past three seasons. And is actually, he and, spoilers, Jody are actually, they made a pact. They're like, we're going to only last one or three seasons and a couple specials. Like, you know, basically got held on. But do you know the reason we talked about six episodes? Do you know the reason they did six episodes this season, BJ? Why? Why? It was, so, I didn't realize there was a specific reason. Yeah. So the BBC, so there's a couple of reasons. BBC has been having some challenges with Doctor Who series um, since around the time Chibnall took over, but it's, it's not just Chibnall's fault. Um, they, the budget's been constricted a bit. COVID of course, now with productions makes everything more expensive and more yeah. tra challenging to shoot and all that. So what they agreed upon was instead of doing a 10 episode series with like 50 minute episodes, uh, they ended up doing a shorter season, a six episode, uh, block with an hour long. So they're longer episodes, but just barely, like you really don't even notice. 
Um, yeah. And so they, and, and these specials that are going to be coming and because next year, actually this year, 2022 is BBC's 60th uh, anniversary. Yeah. I and knew so that. it's a big deal for BBC and the doctor who series has been running since the sixties recently, or not that recent now, but a few years ago, celebrate its 50th anniversary. So like a lot of anniversaries are very important. BBC has always been, doctor has been very important to BBC. They're going to do a special series of Doctor Who uh, specials this year. The first of which actually just aired was the uh, the New Year's special. They used to do Christmas <laughs> specials. Yeah. Um, and then with Chibnall, they've decided he's like, you know what, we're going to do New Year's specials. Basically, you know, it, the Christmas specials always had to fit in sort of like Christmas traditions. And yeah. Chibnall's like, you know, let's just broaden it a bit. Let's make it more accessible. We'll give it for New Year's. And it's still kind of in that time frame, but is less dependent on father christmas showing up and blowing up alien christmas tree starships i mean you know yeah. bbc the, the doctor who christmas <laughs> con- connection which is a more modern uh thing than they didn't used to do it in the classic era it, it got a little tenuous over time <laughs> to be yeah, sure it's, it was weird because you'd want I, I i remember there were especially i think uh when david Tennant was on his way out because he went out it was five specials for him um and there was like a christmas one that was called the new doctor and he thought he had run into a future version of himself, but it was like, but it was weird because it was like kind of like a Christmas Carol, and it was just there was it was just super weird. And when they it, it it's some of them have been really organic with the Christmas thing, and then some of them have been like super like like obviously Christmas was just shoehorned in here. Um, like the weird parasite one with Clara and uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor, like that oh, one was super creepy. With, wait, 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 hold on though. With Nick Frost as Santa Claus, that one. Yes, that one I like, liked. That one I liked. I mean, come on, it's amazing, right? <laughs> um, I think my favorite of the Christmas specials had to be uh, a Christmas Carol. Well, the way it was actually the first of Matt Smith's era. Yeah, it was at the end of the first season, beginning of his next season, in between. And I love how it starts and it's like a spaceship crashing to this planet. And the, 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 it's like a very Star Trek, very Star Trek. Uh, but, and, and it's funny even because the way they shot it, the, 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 not only did it look very like, like movie Star Trek, like recent, like the Chris Pine era or mm. uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Le- not Lindelof, but JJ um, uh, Abrams, you know, you yeah. even had lens flares flashing and just this whole thing. And I, so I really believe it was sort of a play off that. But then, of course, you know, uh, our protagonist. So, so Doctor Who always has companions, plural usually, but not always. Sometimes it's singular. And he had Amy, which is delightful redhead Scott, uh, played by Karen Gillan. And then, uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, my God. My brain's uh, not working. Rory. Rory. I was like, Rody. Yeah. That's not Rory. Her boyfriend slash husband, actually, they got married in that first season. So they're on their honeymoon. And they're in these delightfully like ridiculous outfits that are callbacks the first season, but basically they're kind of role playing. So you get that like sexy ridiculousness, which I love. And then the starship crashing, and then you know they come up on the bridge because of course they do. And uh, Amy's like, "Wait, I know somebody who we can call." And of course that's where the doctor comes in and is like, "We're gonna we're gonna save you." You know, hold on. But like I love that special because it's so it plays with Christmas, but it plays with the Christmas Carol in a very cool time travel way that really kind of all fits together, but also is like kind of brain, you know, twisting. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I love that's like my, my, my favorite, though. I will say the end of the Matt Smith era with um, his Christmas special when he he transitions or he uh, regenerates into the Peter Capaldi. Like mm-hmm. I cry. That one makes me cry every single time <laughs> I watch it because it's about the death of the doctor. But then the doctor doesn't die. He regenerates or they regenerate. And, and, anyway, all that to be said, uh, <laughs> the Christmas special this year we're going to talk about because it was it was a different kind of take. And it did do some fun time travel shenanigans too, but um, but we should back up. We should start with the flux season. So they like like BJ said, one long storyline, six episodes, all back to back cliffhangers. I think all of them had cliffhangers, right? Yeah, um, I think actually, I think all of them except for the last one. Oh yeah, yeah. but the last one raised I, I like. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna kind of just go ahead and start chomping at the bit. Um, so so yeah, so you've got this sort of thing with um, the Doctor encounters this thing called the Flux, uh, but we're also coming hot off the heels of the whole res- rev- uh, revelation of the Timeless Child, and the Doctor's had countless lives that have been erased, and the Doctor's been looking for a. Uh, um, has been chasing somebody down that worked for essentially Gallifrey's version of like a black ops group, which makes a ton of sense to me because honestly, every time the doctor goes to Gallifrey and talks to the Gallifrey and council or Rassilon or every, they're up to some shady, shady shit. Well, so, so <laughs> let's, let's, let's bring people along a little bit here. So, so doctor who is about the doctor, they, I will say they, have a home planet called Gallifrey. And Gallifrey is lo- home to all of their fellow time lords and ladies or time folks, whatever, time people. And there's always... So do you, do you know this, BJ? So the, the time lords were not introduced in the first Doctor's run. It was only... Yeah, no, they weren't. The second Doctor, the second... Regener- or the first regeneration, but the second actor to play the Doctor when they brought in the time lords. And it was always kind of a special treat that they would bring in these, oh, it's his home planet. It's this and that. And they were always kind of a foil. They would end up yeah. manipulating the time stream or they would mess with the doctor or they would do something. So they, were, they weren't they were like, oh, it's our family. It's great. No, it's like that family that you go back <laughs> to Christmas for and they're kind of a pain in the ass and they're always asking you dumb questions and or toxic. why aren't you this? BJ, you know what I'm talking about, right? They're all, they're all, they're all fucking toxic. Yeah. And there's like, if you're lucky, there's like one that's like, "Hey, what's up? How's it going? Miss you." Like, yeah, right. There's always that one uncle or aunt that's pretty chill, right? Well, at this point, at this point, you could just say they're all Clara or some version of Clara. Clara. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so the the thing about this this first episode, what BJ was talking about, is at the end of the last season, the Doctor went back to went back home to Gallifrey, and shit got fucked up. Let's just say it. Like, let's just be plain. Shit got fucked up, and um, we're not going to go into too much of it, but basically. There were a lot of questions that were raised. The doctor found out that actually they were the first of their people because they were like, they were captured by this one time Lord and then um, experimented on and they figured out, Oh wait, the doctor. Well, and at the time, of course they weren't called the doctor. They were probably called whoever, they don't, they, whoever or, doctor or who literally the, we don't know. The timeless yeah. child. The timeless child, right. They call him a timeless child. So, so like, you know, they would die and then they would be regenerated. And they're like, that's cool shit. Can you do that for us? And so basically they backwards engineered the doctors like genetic, whatever, to make that a power that then their entire civilization had, at least the ruling class. Yep. 
So now the doctor, <laughs> the doctor finds all this out, and this is new information. And worse, the doctor had their memories, their 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 previous regenerations, pre first in air quotes Doctor Who, uh, William Hartnell era. Like the, all the memories of those previous incarnations are gone, like erased from her memory. And so she's pissed. She's like out for like information. And she knows there's what this thing called the agency. Is that right? Is it the agency? Uh, I don't think it's the agency. See, it used to be called the CIA. It's, Celestial it's like, it's like, agency. <laughs> it's like the, literally what we called it for a while. Yeah. It's like the you collective know, or um, division division division. Yes. Yeah. So, so now she knows that there is this thing called the division and she doesn't know who is in division except when Flux, the new season opens up, she is basically with her current companion. Um, what's her name? Brain's not working. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> uh, 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 Yasmin. 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 Yeah, yeah Yasmin. Yeah. So, so she's with Yasmin and they're running from, or, or they're, they're basically kind of in a death trap. <laughs> I love that scene. Which is, it honestly, the best openings for Doctor <laughs> Who have to be, there's like a puzzle that they need to shoot to solve to get out of, and you think she's going to die. But um, Carvanista, Carvanista, who is a delightfully like dog-like warrior, um, she is a, of the Lupari species, which is also kind of oh, fun. Oh, I love know? Carvanista so much. The Carvanista's great. Uh he has, because she has been pursuing him, he has trapped the doctor and Yasmin in this like death trap. And he basically is like, good luck getting out of it. Ha 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 ha. You think he's like a bad guy, right? And then yeah. of course the doctor has to get out of it and they get out of it and they're fine. So, so like literally she is trying to pursue these leads and she finds out basically the Carvanista was in division with her previous incarnation. Now, I know this is a lot. There's a lot here. This is a very... So would you not agree, BJ, the first two seasons of the, the 13th Doctor were a little... Like, they were easy to jump into. There wasn't a lot of lore. You could kind of just fall in wherever, right? It So so the first season... The first season was bare bones with, jo, with Jodie Riddick. It was bare bones. Like, there was really none of the classic... Um, there was classic storytelling, but it was all new concepts, all new creatures. Uh, the main villain was um, D- D- Tim Shaw, um, <laughs> who was okay as like a, a pretty decent villain, um, but just like it was very bare bones, and it was it was obviously every doctor's first season has some sort of thing. Peter Capaldi's was 100% a backhand to anybody that thought the doctor was supposed to be like this handsome young man that women are supposed to chase after like, and it, and it was a little bit of an overcorrection. Um, but this one, uh, the season one was very much to kind of to try and hook new viewers. Uh, season two started to show a little bit more love, a lot more love for the longtime uh, viewers. So it's, it's been, it's been an interesting ride, but then this season comes on and it's full on like fucking Centaurans, Cybermen, Daleks, like all, they're all there. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting because Chip Noll, his television background is like a broad church yeah. and Torchwood even before that. Uh, which was a Doctor Who spinoff show with um, uh, Captain Jack and uh, played by, uh, oh my gosh, what's... 
<laughs> um, so my name's my I, I apologize, my brain's not working. But anyway, oh Berman, John Berman. So John Berman. Chibnall comes in, and like any new showrunner that takes on Doctor Who, they want to make their own move, they want to make their own stamp, pulls all the continuity stuff away and like just focuses on the doctor as a character. And, and, and it was a big moment because Doctor as a woman was different. People had a hard time. A lot of fans were upset. I loved it. The only thing I missed was the continuity, was the canon, was the world of the Doctor. So the second season comes along, starts putting stuff back in. Like they had the Daleks and the, the first of his New Year's specials. Um, yeah. They had, uh, who else showed up in that second season? Uh, the Master. The Master, of course, which, oh my God, um... The master, the new incarnation of the master, because um, Missy, of course, unfortunately got died, killed. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the new doctor, when uh, she regenerated, and they don't show this, but Sasha Dewan, who, yes. if you've ever seen The Great, Catherine the Great, that show, Sasha plays this advisor to Catherine and Orlo and is amazing. And everything else I've seen Sasha in has been great. So he comes in as the master. And whereas Missy was kind of like a good guy, bad guy, sort of in between, you know, friend or foe, you can never quite tell, but played beautifully by Michelle Gomez. Sasha comes in and is ruthless, absolutely ruthlessly the master. Oh, yeah. And the master needs to be... a. I like the the master when they're not quite as evil, when they're a little bit good, but a little bit evil. So that, cause they have that whole relationship with the doctor that goes way back. But Sasha comes in and just blows out of the water. And that's what sort of ultimately builds up to the, um, the whole finding out about the time of child and all that stuff. But having said that, uh, the third season of this new era of Chibnall's run, Chibnall pulls out all the stops. I, somebody said that they think it's partly because the ratings were sort of on like a downward trend, Either way, Chibnall basically is writing like pure love letter to longtime Doctor Who fans. Yeah. Throwing in the Santarans, the Weeping Angels, the Daleks. Um, well, and, and the Santaran, some of the Santarans, I'm 90% sure that showed up, um, especially the main general. I think it was Scar or Ska. He's been in. He he was a he was been in a couple of Doctor Who stories like back in the day. Like I think it's it even looks like the original costume. They they and, they hewed back more to the original sort of, but modernized, so it doesn't look yeah. as cheesy, right? But you're right, and actually, it's a there's a story beat that directly plays off of the original Santaran episode from Tom Baker's era, yeah. and it's it's this direct direct line, and there's a reference that they make about oh yeah, remember so and so claimed the Earth for the Santarans, but the flux itself is a great concept because it kind of allows for different stories to be told within this kind of continuous thing. The flux is basically a th think, think Thanos snap from the Avengers, but played out like not in real time, but sort of slowly over the course of the universe. And so you have this force or, or better yet old, 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 you olds out there will appreciate the star Trek, the motion picture, the first star Trek movie, think V'ger. And you know how the V'ger stuff would like kind of this cloud would just destroy planets and just take over everything. It's that kind of deal, right? So the doctor figures out, oh, crap, this thing is coming. I don't know what to do. Um, and I think she meets the uh, this this villain. Oh, my God. The oh. villains of the season. 
Um, that is that is how you make it. Chibnall knocked it out of the park with Swarm and Azure. Yes, Swarm and Azure, just like out like and I and that that right there. I know a lot of people thought the Timeless Child thing was like like super controversial, and some people didn't like it. And this paid it off for me because the idea that the doctor has still kind of lived her lives in a similar fashion, which means she's pissed off a lot of people. And I love the idea that there's villains out there that the doctor's like, I don't know you. And then, but swarm is well aware that of division and, and the, and it's just for once there's a villain out there that the doctor's like, I, what, why are you doing this? Right. Because she does not remember when exactly. she fought Swarm, however, Swarm remembers when he it. fought the Doctor, and it was a previous hidden incarnation. So yeah, Swarm, Swarm is, and Azure too. Both of them are delightfully mustache twisting. Their outfits are fabulous, like jeweled to the gods kind of drag. I mean, there are some great villains. Oh yeah. If anything, I would say. It's just a note. This whole season, I don't. I didn't get enough of them. Like I would love to have spent oh, yeah. a little more time with them to understand like what their deal was. But overall, Chibnall, uh, thank you for giving us a really, really good new set of villains. That you know, I mean, spoilery stuff. We're gonna spoiler. We've already spoiled a few things, but we're gonna spoil the whole <laughs> thing. So just fair game here, right? I'm warning you. Uh, you know. The, the, the bad guys are going to lose. Let's just keep it general. The bad guys are going to lose. The, the Swarm and the Azure, uh, the Ravagers, they call them. Yeah. Um, they're not going to last. They're going to last the season and they're going to well, go away. But well, I, hope, not- oh God, I hope they br- get brought back because they are so, so awesome. And I want to see more of them. My thing, though, I also loved about this season is the fact, like, the flux, so the fl- like you're right, the spoilers are like the flux was stopped. And not only was the flux stopped, but the doctor literally just did a switcheroo with the shielding and ended up decimating all of her enemies. But the best part is the universe didn't get repaired. Not like any planets that were destroyed or torn apart, like all of that. Like, and the thing is, the flux effect is so if, if you have time and space. Flux is space. The flux literally tore through space and time like it was nothing. And my the thing I love about that is now you've got history is like some history of some planets. You've got some planets that are destroyed, like popula whole populations of planets like all like ran off. Like um, I love that subplot with the cu- one couple trying to find each other. That was super. That was super cute. Oh, oh, we haven't even talked about like so 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 we have Yasmin right. Yep. They also added Dan, who is a I, new companion, and kind of, kind of a goofball, like He's not at all what I was expecting. So goofy, and I um, love him. He was pretty great, and he kind of gets caught up in all of it. Um, but uh, yeah, there's this other, and they're not quite a companion, but they're sort of part of the whole series, uh, Vendor. So you meet this guy, yeah. Vendor, and he's this like, He's from an advanced civilization somewhere in space and time, but it's not really clear. And he kind of runs into the doctor early on and they save him. And then he basically kind of runs off and sort of has his own um, uh, adventure. But um, he, his girlfriend is out in sort of space trying to find him. 
and she's pregnant. You find out, so that's kind of a cool like uh, journey. Um, I don't remember what's the girlfriend's name. Do you remember the girlfriend's name? Um, there is Finn Bell. Bell, yeah, yeah. And Bell, Bell's badass. Like I absolutely love Bell. Again, this season was so short. You do, you get relatively little. Uh, of her but like she's awesome and badass and there was a there was a popular theory going around because she's pregnant and because you don't really know where vendors from people were speculating vendor might have been a time lord and they were both like time lords oh and or, yeah. and or something other and so people were kind of like oh my god it's that's the doctor's parents because blah 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 and it didn't go that way it was kind of no. a red herring and or people read into it well it was it was more it was more meant to kind of uh kind of go along with the um the subplot with the grand serpent that was infiltrating a weird, unit that was a weird subplot so there was this bad guy like the grand serpent grand serpent right yeah and great villain like another great villain oh, yeah. Chibnall, uh, but but also kind of like awkward like a third wheel villain almost <laughs> didn't really do anything <laughs> with the main two but was sort of there doing other stuff and kind of yeah like like they they brought and, U- unit back which you know unit was disbanded previously yeah. Well, that's and that's the thing is that that kind of explains why unit was being dismantled is because you had him apparently infiltrating it through time or just he doesn't age. But I love um, what's her name. Honestly, had she oh. not if she had if we hadn't have gotten her back, I would have been like, why are we watching this? So but, Kate Stewart or Kate, Kate Lethbridge Stewart. Yep. Played by Gemma Redgrave. Um, another great addition in the Moffat era, uh, the Moffat, Stephen Moffat's the showrunner, but preceded, um, Chibnall. Yeah. Um, Kate as a strong female leader of unit unit being the, um, the organization that Dr. Who long term has like worked for and with, and basically they are like the, um, the, the United Nations intelligence task force. And in the, old school continuity like the classic doctor who era it was the brigadier lethbridge stewart yep and so kate is her uh, his his daughter so kate's great i wish they had brought in osgood i i know they like i think they get like a reference to her uh, she calls she calls osgood and tells her she's going off the grid and breaks her phone yeah which Again, Osgood is another amazing gift that Moffat gave us, um, and I'm sad they didn't even find a way to fit her in. I mean, the actress may not have been available. Who knows? But either way, um, yeah, the fact that Kate showed up at the end and the Grand Serpent story to sort of subvert unit through time, excellent, great. Some people, again, they're sort of looking at, uh, you know, the Grand Serpent. They're going, mm, I mean, he's, he's long-lived. He's a time traveler. Maybe he's a time lord. I mean... I don't know if Chibnall's going to wrap any of that up, but I mean, it, it's possible. It's, he's a great villain. Um, what did you think of the, uh, like the structure of the season? Like, did you feel like, like it was six episodes. So you got to get in and get it done. Did you feel I, like there was any of the episodes where you were like, eh, checked out or you just didn't feel like it ended well? Like, like give me your, give me your, 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 uh, your notes on what you think could have been better. So when it comes, so when it, so the, my thing is that this was something one, I didn't know I needed. Um, I know that classic Dr. Who had some stories similar to this where it was just like one, it was just one big story and that's all the main issue was, but you had all these little side quests. 
but uh, I liked it. I, I absolutely love the fact that we got kind of a direct story and stuff happening in between um, with, with um, the ravagers. You had no, nobody was safe. Nobody felt safe, which was great because it kept me on the edge of my seat. Um, the only issue really with me w- with this sort of like the, the flux storytelling was Doctor Who, and this is across all executive producers, all doctors, all writing, is that usually when they have multiple part stories like that, they're so solid in the first one and like half of the second one, and then the end kind of fizzles out a bit. But my thing with this is that it the momentum, the pacing for pretty much all the first five episodes or all five of, of the six episodes were perfect. You you literally were sitting there like, and then six, the only issue I had with that was just the fact that six, you only had an hour to wrap up everyone. That was the main thing is that they, you had to wrap up every single story. You had, you uh, it was the Tactam, uh, the whole thing with Tactam, uh, where the doctor got to meet Tactam, wondering if the doctor's going to get the watch, the Ravagers, the creepiest defeat of a villain in my life is when a villain is happy to be fucking murdered by something like that, that right there, like the actual like concept of time is now terrifying to me. So, so let's talk about that. So, so the fifth episode, the penultimate. So there's a few things in between like the first episode and the fifth episode, you know, the doctor goes back and tries to fight the Santarans in the 1800s. You see Mary Seacole, who is this very famous nurse, that yeah. helped uh, kind of like a Florence Nightingale sort of, you know, back in that era. Um, I forgot what the third episode was. Was that like there when they were all split up? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Once Upon a Time. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's when the doctor would go to the different time streams and uh, went to Lupari's ship, Lupari being that Cavanestra guy. Yeah. Um, Oh, they were cutting back and forth to the... uh, the one of her memories that she had suppressed, the the, the quit. They call her the fugitive doctor, but she was yes. this previous incarnation. Amazing. 
played by a British African-American woman who I love. And I honestly, if, if they announced tomorrow that the next doctor was her somehow, um, played by Joe Martin, I would yeah. dig it so hard because she is just such a great, great. So, as soon as she popped up, when, when the doc, when there was that one uh, memory yep. and the doctor was holding that same gun, I was Ugh. like, please, 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 please tell me it's that. And when she looks in the mirror and then like starts talking to her, I was like, it's 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 one of the best little and you know that was sort of a, a sort of a last second realization when they did this episode this was back in the second season of her run yeah they threw this in there almost at the last minute with this great script where it was a time lord and it, it was actually the doctor in a previous incarnation like that was a last minute addition oh, but nice. what a huge game changing addition to not only say that the doctor is now you know a woman but that the doctor was a woman before and she was a black woman. Oh my God. Like I can just see the freaking idiots heads exploding when that <laughs> happened and just delightfully, like it just, I get so much pleasure out of that. But anyway, so you get a little bit of a flashback thing in that third episode, but that, that village of the angels, that, that was the turning point because the that- doctor like goes through it, trying to stop like the weeping angels are scary, even by themselves. Like one, that- that had no business being that fucking terrifying. Oh like, god. So I much. it's been a long time since I've had a Doctor Who episode that was like scary as shit and honestly on the top 5 terrifying Doctor Who episodes, two of them are Angel episodes and this one took the number 1 spot because just the just like when they're in the basement and they're swarming the house and the doctor had to set up like a makeshift video camera I was like, I can't deal with this, and then and then the ending of that episode too, um, where they where the angel made made a deal with um, with division to take the doctor like oh. that. Well, so that that's, that was such a transformative moment from this whole division was time lords to no 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 division is all of anyone. It's, it's they they're literally transcended just the Time Lords little special projects thing to yeah. oh no they recruit humans they recruit uh, Carvanista his people they recruit the the Weeping Angels who are like these villains like it's akin to being like the Time Lords basically recruited the Daleks like it's it's yeah. like that kind of like whoa 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 no you are changing the way we understand this thing but in a great way in a yeah. universe expanding way and so yeah. When they realized that and when that became apparent and then at the end of that episode, again, spoilers here, the the, the, the last image of that episode with the doctor turning into a weeping angel, brilliant. I, I, I have had issues with Chipnell over the years. Like I didn't always love his stuff, but that episode, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So cool. Takes all the core ideas of weeping angels and does something interesting and new with it. And I love that. Well, like, and then that whole thing, that was that whole scene in the next episode where the doctor, like, like they de-transform the doctor and then the doctor understanding kind of more what the angels are, but then looking at the angels and being like, you didn't have to turn me into one. And they just wanted to, they wanted to like fuck with you. And I'm like, that makes them more scary to me other than just being like some creature that needs to feed. No, they like being terrifying. And I'm like, absolutely the fuck not get that thing out of here. (laughs) So, so you get that 
amazing cliffhanger where the doctor's turned into a weeping angel, which by the way, if you're not, a, if, if you're still with us and you've never seen Dr. Who, congratulations, by the way, but <laughs> think, uh, weeping angels look like those stone statues in like garden uh, midnight in the garden of good and evil, where they're just standing there. And it's literally this like angel, uh, stone angel with their hands over their eyes. Think that as the doctor, like turning this, this person into that kind of crazy. Right. Um, so the last two episodes of the flux season are a two-parter. They deal with all this backstory of the timeless child stuff. You find out all about division tech town, who is basically the doctor's like guardian parent, whatever. Cause she, you know, they found her or found them. Yeah. Uh, and, and they were the ones who experimented on them to figure this whole thing out. Like it's kind of, it's kind of a bad messed up relationship. Yeah. But you find out that like, basically it's all just her now. And that she's been like working with uh, her little agency uh, to to sort of like work the reality into the way like they think it should run. But the doctor, because the doctor has kind of been a free agent and always trying to help people, has like been fighting them like pretty much since they left because they used to be in the agency or the division, I should say. So, yeah, now she's like, well, if you join me you know, I'll tell you all about your past. I've got this magic watch and it's got all your memories in it. Um, we can, we can, we can, we can explore another galaxy together or another universe together. But Oh, by the way, the current universe, the, the people you love, everything, you know, is going to be like thrown away. Like yeah. the flux was created so we could get rid of it and then move on to the next universe, like a parallel reality. And it's like, but I, but I love that. Up. I love that whole thing though, where she's like, She's just like, yes, yeah, so one of like one of our our worst experiments got loose, and she's just like, what? She goes, you, you, <laughs> the doctor just being the doctor. I love that the doctor just being the doctor fucked with division so much unknowingly that they had to delete a universe to to, to start over to be like, no, we're tired of you. Like that is such like a weird creepy scientist way of being like time to restart the experiment. Like let's just delete everything. <laughs> I um, I was just reading something real quick. Uh, the, the fact that this was all one story is actually, even though they used to do cliffhangers, they were usually like per production run, like one or two episodes back to back. This is only the third time they've done a full season. That was one long story. They did it first with Tom Baker and key to time. Which is okay, pretty yeah. great. Yep. Uh, I recommend watching that. And then the second time they did it was The Trial of a Time Lord. And that was with Colin Baker, who is the sixth Doctor. So yep. this is the third time ever that Doctor Who has done this one long story. Like, yeah. Davies kind of did it, but like in a very light, almost Buffy-like. In fact, he even cites uh, Russell Davies, who was the creator in 2005 who brought Doctor Who back. Yeah. He cites Buffy and their influence on you want one like overarching story, but you don't want every episode to be a cliffhanger. But I mean, the doctor has done the doctor who series has done this. Yeah. Like I said, with those other two it's, runs. So it's, and I think, and I think, and I knew it hadn't been done uh, a lot. Like I knew it hadn't been, it, it wasn't a thing that that was a regular thing that had been done. So I was like, as soon as I noticed that it had a subtitle, I was like, and I couldn't remember key to time. It was key to key to time did that and i was and and i think now was the perfect time um to kind of do something like that because you have you do have these long haul fans that would appreciate a season like this so 
No, yeah, I knew it was super rare. I just, it, I didn't was, realize it was third. I thought yeah. it was like third, or fourth, or fifth. Out of how many seasons? Like in the in the teens for sure, but I like in like the upper like like not teens in like the like it's like 50, 40, 50 seasons. I mean, it's been going for over fifty years. There was yeah. a gap. There was a production gap. But anyway, so 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 they get through the end of the series of flux. The doctor saves the day. Of course, the doctor does. Uh, that's it's like you know you, you you're not going to have that subverted. I mean maybe maybe Russell Davies who's coming back as the new showrunner after uh, the next couple specials, but um, but like you were saying earlier, like they kind of position the whole flux thing as like space versus time, and you got the the Ravagers representing space and the Doctor sort of representing time, but no, actually it's weird because then there's the time incarnate. That yeah. was a whole they, like if anything like as much as those are cool concepts like very Marvel where you have these big concepts as like entities like Eternia or Eternity and uh, order and chaos and all that you know all that it was a little confusing to like think oh time the planet time and this is time incarnate these are like big ideas even for Doctor Who they've never gone yeah. there. Um, but you basically have this time incarnate force come and sort of confront the Ravagers uh, after the Ravagers have basically kind of blown everything up with the uh, the division. And they think, oh, yay, we've won. But actually the Doctor has figured it out and found a way by uh, splitting herself over, what, three different timelines? Yeah, three different timelines. Like, like kind of a useful, oh, my God, wouldn't that be nice kind of power, right? Um, but but through shenanigans related to all of this, you know, helped the uh, the companions, including Vendor, Bell, uh, Yaz, uh, Dan, and then who was the? Do you remember the Doctor? Uh, this this guy they picked up in the Angels Village. What was? Oh, uh, Jericho. He, Jericho. Jericho. Doctor Je- Professor Jericho. He was so. If you didn't recognize him, I don't. I don't blame you. Why? I, I mean, he. It, it, you wouldn't necessarily. The last major role that he was in, and I'm trying to find uh, the actor's name, he was one of the pirates in Pirates of the Caribbean. One of oh. the two, like the buddies, like one was yeah. a skinny guy. Yeah, one, one had was... the weird eye. And yeah, uh, Kevin McNally. Thank you. He had a great run and it and ended up being like over like four episodes, three, three episodes, I think. Oh, and, yeah. and, and what a great character. I think people at the time were like losing their mind because they thought he was going to be somebody else, blah, 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 whatever. But what a great character. What a great way to go out. He kind of does the whole sacrifice thing. Um, I just love that they found room in the story for stuff like that. You know, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the time incarnate, like kind of, you know, tells the doctor, all right, you won. Um, uh, by the way, you can't outrace me forever, Doctor. Very ominous portent at the end. Uh, as as the as the time force turns into like like at first the time force was this uh, flux bad guy uh, the swarm, and oh, yeah. then when the, they were dispatched, uh, yeah, because of uh, you know they they failed. Oh, no. no, no, they they were uh, according to Azur, they were given ascension. Yeah, sure. And that was well, no, no, but that, but that, they were, they were like, they were pretty much consumed. I mean, and right. they saw that as a reward. I, and I think like, they were hoping for a little more than, but yeah, but right, yeah. but like you know, you, you, you get turned into a ghost. Either you were raptured or you were killed. Yeah, yep. you know, finer point. But <laughs> but no, like the um, the doctor. So the time force turns into a like basically 
the thirteenth Doctor as like a oh look I'm you. It's a weird I forgot there was a great line too where the Doctor like calls calls them out on it like appealing oh, to yeah. their vanity or something. <laughs> but um but yeah and like gives a Doctor a warning because you know if you know anything about the production of the show you do realize that Jodie is like coming to the end of her run. The they only did a three three season and then some like extra specials um sort of toward a deal so now we're on to these three specials the first of which aired in the new year's and it was basically this delightful uh time uh, loop, <laughs> loop. kind of like a very start so it's funny because the doctor has only i don't think they've ever done a pure time loop episode but they've played with time yeah. loops in different ways but the fact that this is a straight up time loop uh, like very Star Trek. I think Star Trek's one of the one of the shows that made that the most popular in in, in each era. Like they did a, I don't think they did an original series time loop, but they definitely did a next gen time loop. And I think, and I know they did a um, a Voyager time loop. Mm-hmm. Um, you just basically keep repeating the uh, the stuff until you get. It's like playing a video game. You keep repeating yeah. the thing until you get it right. You know. But you have a limit. You have a limited number of loops before it closes. I like that idea and how each loop is a little shorter. Yeah. That was a cool twist on it. And of course, all of the New Year specials that Chibnall has done has been the Daleks. So mm-hmm. you only bring the Daleks really out. Uh, and these special, they did bring the Daleks in during the uh, the two part finale to this season as sort of a extra boogeyman to throw into the mix but ultimately they didn't really matter but this this the christmas the 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 near specials have really focused on the daleks um and then this case like they're at their full power you know they're trying to basically track the doctor down and they're in this like storage facility you know like like uh like what 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 is the american storage facilities Oh, um, it's yeah. It's like I. It's I don't know. It's it's just like one of those storage you independently yeah. own places. And I love the woman who owns it. She's just like so angry and oh my agitated. God. This angry, <laughs> angry Scottish uh, woman. I think, she, <laughs> I I think she's Scottish. Um, she was actually. Um, I gotta find the name of it. But there was a Netflix series with John. No, not Cusack. Um, no, 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 no. I'm thinking something else. Um, uh, Ant-Man, what's his name? Um, Paul Rudd. Yeah. There was a Netflix series about a guy who gets a clone of himself inadvertently oh. because he was going to be replaced by the clone or something. Yeah. Um, and that's his wife. That, that, that woman is his wife. Oh, okay. So she had been in something and I was like, oh my God, I know this person. I've seen her before. Um, anyway, but so, so that. And, you know, it's a very self-contained episode. It does follow on from the flux. So you do get a little bit of a sort of a continuation of things sort of healing. And then the Daleks are pissed because basically the doctor, because (laughs) of her trying to win this whole, you know, keep the universe from dying, kind of screwed over the Time Lords through, or sorry, screwed over the Daleks by working... It was convoluted, but it kind of screwed them over pretty no, heavily. It was just a one big switcheroo where it's like, here's the force field. Oh, wait, it's over here. Like, surprise. Yeah. It's um, a very doctor way of being like, I'm going to just turn a one into a zero and hope that it, I survive. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Eva the Daleks is what this one was called. Yes. Um, uh, I'm still trying to find her, her name. It's killing me that it's not coming up. But... um. I like that it was sort of like a first date for these two awkward characters to get caught up I in everything. Know. 
Um, it was it was sort of delightful. Um, the um, oh, there it is, Aisling B, and uh, a Not Johnny nice. a Johnny, Johnny Salmon. Salmon. Yeah, like yeah. those two, I had never I had, I had seen her before. Uh, Aisling, or I'm, I may not be saying your name right, but um, they were delightful. Like they were really fun, and they were you know Ace. Oh yeah, Aisling uh, who played Sarah was just not taking any shit. I mean, like she yeah. dove right in head first. So I love that when you get not an ineffectual, helpless, uh, you know, whatever you get the character <laughs> who just comes right in and is like offering solutions and, and even, and Nick too, Nick had some great moments and just, Oh, like, he was so cute. He was yeah. so adorable and awkward. Oh, very I, much. Oh, I and I love, him. I love the whole, like his ex, all his ex's <laughs> materials were in this, storage unit and so then <laughs> yeah. when they destroyed it all once he was like oh that's actually very therapeutic for me actually um, here's here's the question though what did you think about the reveal with yasmin so okay so here's the thing so this made a lot of news because people read in this comment about how yasmin yasmin yas whatever like she's in love with the doctor or she obviously cares about the doctor but has, has very strong feelings and 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 they've kind of it's kind of been subtext a little bit throughout because there's been these very like angry turns that she's had about the doctor who not not revealing more about herself or lying. Yeah. So you've gotten this weird vibe that there's some there's an intensity there. Yeah. And it, it turns out that it's actually um it's, it's actually be- because she has feelings for her and you know Dan sees this and is like you guys obviously have feelings for each other. Why don't you say something? Um, so I don't know. It's it's sort of a red herring because obviously the doctor's not going to... The, the doctor is almost never played in that way. The doctor is asexual. Like before we had these great terms like ace, that's yeah. what the doctor has always been. I think the, the most they've played with that in, in more of a... No, the doctor can absolutely have relationships and be... Even if it's not sexual or whatever, romantic... Like with with River, you know River Song, yeah. and then the whole thing there. But, R- but R- River Song, it was weird because it was op- you, you saw them going on opposite directions, and it wasn't until Peter Capaldi where you actually kind of got to see the Doctor finally seeing River Song yeah. the way she sees him, mm-hmm. where it, where he knows more than her for like the first time. And I don't know uh, with Yasmin, it makes. It makes it makes the fact that she stayed more sense. It, it make it makes that make more sense. Whereas oh, yeah. um, the other Graham uh, and and his grandson left. Her being like, "I'm not ready to go." I that it makes that it makes that a little bit cuter because you're thinking she can't let go of the life. Like everybody, everybody at some point gets addicted. Not many companions just go. You know what? I should go. Martha and and Graham and his grandson, like they're the three that are like, you know what? I should take a step back. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's hard to pull that apart sometimes, and it's easier when it's like a married couple. But even then, they kind of played with that idea, like you know, yeah. Amy had a th- had feelings for the doctor. But yeah, I, I I I'm I'm glad. First of all, I I want to put it out there. I'm very glad that they had that sort of queer storyline beat. I just don't want people to get too uh, invested in it because oh, I don't yeah, think it's yeah, going to yeah. pan out. Yeah. Because, like, you know, the doctor's kind of a force of nature and very long lived and going through her own drama, honestly. Um, so I, I don't have high hopes for their relationship, no. you know, to, 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 to be anything more than a uh, not will they, won't they, but a, a, a sort of a, 
she's pining for her will they, or or will they will they at least talk about it like that's yeah, i don't that, think not i think if they don't acknowledge it after setting that up then that's a problem and yeah. they've got two more specials they got the next special coming up is actually the sea devils which if you've never seen um i think it was pete day uh peter davidson it was yeah it was peter davidson had the sea devils uh they're like a distant cousin to the uh silurians who are these old, old uh, original uh, ha- inhabitants of Earth, like dinosaur people, kind of lizard people. Yeah. And the Silurians are like the Earth ones. And then the Sea Devils are like the, the ocean based um, ones. So that's cool. I'm very excited. They're going to bring the Silurians or the, the Sea Devils back. Um, and then whatever we get um, after, I don't know, there'll probably be some big wrap up. I have been reading since I have not cast the new doctor yet. And the show around the new show owner, Russell Davies just came back, you know, just came on. There may not be a actual like regeneration through on this special when the Jodie Whittaker's doctor dies. They're saying it's possible that it's a cliffhanger. Now it's also possible because this won't air until like later in this calendar year. Maybe we do get a regeneration and we see who it is. I mean, because that's the norm is usually you get like the old doctor turning into the new doctor. Mm. Um, But uh, we know the old doctor filmed her scene and we have never we have no public acknowledgement unless it's done in secret that the new doctor has even been cast and then would have filmed uh, their part of that. So who knows? You know, it's kind of a delightful um, rumor. The other thing that people are talking about a lot is that Russell Davies is going to bring back David Tennant, who is the 10th <laughs> Doctor, yeah, to act as like this bridge Doctor, sort of like, oh, the Doctor regenerated back to his old face because he really missed the old face, and now we're going to have this. And it's honestly like the people who are like, I think the, I think the rumor started on Bleeding Cool, which, you know, already questionable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and has gotten traction, but it actually kind of in some cynical sort of they, way makes sense. Cause he was they, such a popular doctor they, that, and they've hinted at it. They hinted at it in the, uh, the 50th anniversary special when he's sitting there with the curator and the curator is played by Tom Baker and the, the curator kind of like makes it seem like he's the doctor, but retired and has decided to become the curator of a, just the history museum. Uh, and that he may end up revisiting some old favorites. So it's just that that little kind of cryptic thing way back from like that special. Uh, and I do I heard the the some of the rumor mill stuff was that they were thinking about doing like an, a, another like a three doctors special um, with Katie with uh, Jodie Whittaker, David Tennant, and um, who, whoever else feels like signing back on the two. Well, I would absolutely love to see, uh, uh, you know, when the next anniversary happens, all of these doctors, including even Chris Eccleston, who yeah. did finally come back and started doing audio. But that's a whole other thing. So so basically, we got two more specials coming up this year. I think one's in like the spring and one's in the fall, which is the actual uh, 70th anniversary or whatever of BBC. Yep. Um, so, so I'm excited for Doctor Who fans. It's a little bit of a lull because we just got our season and now we got to wait like over... Probably over, well, we don't have to wait over a year for uh, any Doctor Who, but we're going to have to wait till 2023 for a full season of Doctor Who. Uh, but I, what do you, BJ, real quick, what do you think about Russell Davies coming back to relaunch the series? I'm, so again? I'm excited for him to have more of a budget. Because <laughs> when he was, when he was showrunner, the budget was pretty spotty. Um, 
I'm interested to see if he's going to kind of revisit some of his story elements. I'm very interested to see what whatever Chimble decides to pass on or leave floating around. I'm very interested to see because he's like, especially with Stephen Moffat, he he played Russell T. Davis plays well with others. So I'm I'm very interested to kind of see like if he's going to reference um other compare if he's going to reference everybody more often um if he's going to kind of clean slate it and bring his own stuff in again um i'm i'm just i'm uh, regardless i'm super excited i kind of hope we just don't get like a pickup where we left off sort of thing um because the the way he kind of left it was it was kind of the lonely doctor um, got to kind of save all of his close companions and everybody he cared about, and that was kind of his his reward. Um, so I would kind of like to see what he has planned that's different from his first run. I a lot of people have been kind of tracking Davies' more recent stuff, and he did this really dark dystopian. I, I think <laughs> it's dark, but it's it called Years and Years. That was pretty um, oof, uh, challenging to watch at times. And then he did uh, It's a Sin, which is actually a fantastic but also sad uh, queer specific kind of study of early AIDS era, like eighties, you know, in England. So I'm interested to see what, what Davies obviously uh, does different, like you said, from his previous run. Do you realize though, and this is what's interesting. So Davies and Moffat and Chibnall, all three of them are super close and all three of them wrote Dr. Who before they were Doctor Who showrunners. And I don't just mean television. I mean, they actually all three wrote these novels that came out when Doctor Who was not on the air that this uh, Virgin imprint put out. And I actually have a couple of the um, the novels uh, I found at like a bookstore or a Doctor Who convention, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So they're all three very in the same vein, in the same. They're all buddies. They all like, kind of track each other's stuff and it would not shock me if like chibnall or day or moffat actually because of davies came back and wrote an episode because <laughs> you know davies yeah. obviously had enough like and stepped away for a while and moffat's definitely like also he's like i'm good i don't need to do this but both of them are so they're all such huge doctor who nerds yeah, I could totally see them being like, you know, actually, I got an idea and I bet you Davies do it. But I do hope, I, if anything, I hope Davies continues the diversity uh, of the doctor. I would love to see um, there was this African-American or African, um, African-American, this black British actress who was recently in the Foundation series. I, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's like bald and just fierce and amazing. I would love to see her be the next doctor. And there's a, there's a neat tradition of the doctor sort of evolving into somebody that they've encountered in the last, in their current, you know, iteration. Um, So maybe because of the interactions of the fugitive doctor, like that's where they go. Um, Also, do you know um, another, a a band actually called years and years. um, Ollie Alexander, I think. This like little queer kid, very like young, but whatever, oh, like yeah. gender fluid, almost like like they are they have been put forward as another great doctor uh, choice. Uh, so I, I'm honestly I'm oh, on yeah. board with whatever Davies is going to be great. Um, yeah. I'm I, I just worried about it as he is a, he is he is gay and having like a really great queer perspective on everything. I think that 
his second era of Doctor Who will be equally queer and amazing, <laughs> at least rising to the occasion of Moffats and Chibnalls. So I'm very excited for more Doctor Who. But um, if you um, listening have alternate opinions of Jodie Whittaker's run of Flux, uh, of of the Chris of the thanks, man, I can't even get my holiday straight of the New Year's <laughs> special. Um, please let us know in our comments. Of course, you can find all of our good info on flameonshow.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we have a Patreon, which by the way is awesome. Does get you some cool perks. And we have a discord, which you can get through the Patreon. And actually you can probably find it on our website too, but, um, threadless store. I mean, we've got a lot of cool things out there. I do know BJ actually just ordered a shirt from threadless. Cause I was like, you know, I want to, I don't have a flame on <laughs> shirt and I feel like I might be going out more in my, you know, post, well, quote unquote, post COVID, but you know, between <laughs> COVID life. So I'm like, I need a flame on shirt. I need something. Um, so yeah, the flame on show on threadless, uh, you can find us. Uh, we have a couple cool merch, uh, merch options for you, including t-shirts um but yeah let us know what you think of this uh doctor who run and you know i hope pat gets caught up soon because i do want to know what he thought of the whole series he had yep. it um eric used to be into doctor who i don't know what happened there <laughs> but uh maybe we can get him to watch uh, and oral of course oral oral and i were like back in the original show we I were the two say. we were the two doctor who fans and so yeah i mean oral's leading quite a different life these days and I don't know how much he's kept up, but oh my God, uh, I, I really do hope we can get his take on uh, on Doctor Who at some point. So yeah, I don't know if anything else, uh, BJ. You want to tell him what you're up? You, you're not you're not Twitch streaming anymore, right now? Or at least not <laughs> well, for now. Well, so I'm so uh, all the games I want to Twitch stream, every single one, none of them have a release date. There's one called Cassette Beasts, which um is like kind of like a weird retro version of Pokemon. But it's got a weird, like, dark twist to it. I'm like, I absolutely want to play that. That looks fucking amazing. It's like an 80s, it's like an 80s love letter to Pokemon. And then, of course, there's the horror game Choo Choo Charles, which is you are being hunted by a giant demonic spider version of Thomas the Tank Engine. What? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's horrifying. How is, oh, my God, you find these games. I swear to God, I... (laughs) I, I don't know where you find these. These are amazing. We need to get you playing Final Fantasy because I don't know if you have ever played a Final Fantasy in your life. Have you? Oh, yeah. Uh, so so actually, I think uh, it's on sale. I've never played any of the Chrono games, like Chrono Cross okay. or Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never played any of those, and everybody tells me they're absolutely fantastic, and there's a lot you can do with it. Um so I'm I'm toying with the idea of of doing like a classic game or like a, a classic game that's been re-released because since since my weird indie games aren't coming out, I might as well. Well, uh, if you ever want to try a classic Final Fantasy, I absolutely recommend 14, only because it totally pulls in all of the classic elements into a modern MMO, and I would happily. Uh, shepherd you through and Eric as well uh, being the two final fantasy nerds on, uh, on the show. Uh, so just saying it's, it's, it's finally available for sale again after they pause sales because it was so popular. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so, so no, no Twitch streaming coming up from either of us, but obviously flame 
once we start streaming again or once we do. And Pat, of course, if you're ever hanging around on a Monday, Monday nights at like, you know, I think it's like 7 Central, maybe it's like it's somewhere in that like you know, late evening for East Coast, but early evening Central and West Coast. He's got a great game night. Uh, you know, it's all up on our on our flameonshow.com website. You can check those out. If I ever bring back our YouTube series of interviews, I would love to. I have a lot of people I want to talk to, but oh my god, it's a struggle. It's just a struggle finding the time to uh, bring you this delightful content. But uh, yeah. If, if you definitely uh, want to check out anything about what we do, flameonshow.com, please reach out. We love to hear from our fans. We love to know what you want to hear, if there's any topics coming up. But that is how you can find us. And, um, yeah, until next time, uh, we'll be back with our media roundup here uh, after this. So please come back, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.